0: Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter, with money off books and museum visits as well, plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash Ways.
1: Are you looking for a view of the world that's a bit different?
0: Achtung! Achtung! Welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. With me, Al Murray and James Holland, of course. Um, Now, what we thought we'd do is something very special for December. So, James, what what is
1: this, the first podcast of many? This is the first podcast of many um, podcasts about December 1941, because it's the 80th anniversary. Massive events going on globally. Um right, fact, and massive events, massive
0: events that you would say mean that it's the, basically the beginning of the end of the Second World War.
1: From my point of view, 100%. Yeah, right, okay. yeah. I, th- I think this is the moment where it gets to the point where it's not going to go well for the Germans, even though we've got the strategic yeah. earthquake of the Japanese attacks, of course. Well, yes, of course. So, but what our focus is on
0: on uh, in this episode is what's happening in the Soviet Union. I mean, in, this, I mean in Russia, deep in Russia. Yeah. The Battle of Moscow, the defense of Moscow, um, the Soviet counteroffensives that, that um, put paid really mm-hmm. to any attempt by the Germans to decapitate the Soviet Union and seize the capital. Because after all, um, Moscow is the capital, the, the, the historic capital of uh, Russia being St. Petersburg, which is Leningrad at this point. Yeah. Um, And what you've got is you've got the Soviets within what is it, 40 kilometres
1: 41 um, kilometres, yeah. So what's that, about 28 miles, something like that? Yeah, no. yeah. And, and you know, it's the, the line is really interesting by the beginning of, of, um, of December because, obviously, they've launched Operation... The Germans have launched Operation Typhoon, which is... In August, yeah, it, yeah. I think it's actually September, isn't it? Is it August? Anyway, whenever it is, it's in the autumn. Yeah. And this creates two sort of it gets them very very close but but the the line has pushed back so that there's these these two sort of bulges which look a little bit like the sort of kursk salience but sort of in reverse yeah and uh yeah. and and you've got one which is i guess about 60 70 miles south east of moscow um yep. and the bulge is considerably further east than moscow is um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's quite a big yes. one. That's about, I, I guess that's about 60 miles in in length and 40 miles in depth. And then there's a yeah. smaller bulge, um, which is very, very close to Moscow. And that's the kind of the 41 kilometres, just to the north, north kind of west of it. Uh, yeah. And so you've got this sort of staggered line. Um, and that's Army Army Group Centre.
0: It's box people. It, 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 it's uh, But, but, but the, uh, this really... What we're talking about, after all, is the is. I mean, before before we get too far into this, let's just discuss numbers here, because um later in the later in this week of um the most important week of the Second World War, <laughs> yeah. um
1: uh, Adolf uh December
0: Adolf Hitler, <laughs> dictator of Germania. um uh, in this uh, in this um. We're going to talk about Crusader. Crusader is a big, big effort by the British. It's basically Eighth Army. Yeah. It's an one army. One army, two corps. One army, two corps. <laughs> one hundred forty-four, one hundred fifty thousand uh, troops and yep. air, 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 air component to go with it. And blah, blah, blah. What we are talking
1: here is on a different scale. The
0: numbers. Yeah. It's 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 beginning a complete... of
1: October to the beginning of October, yeah. beginning of December. The Red Army creates eleven new armies armies okay between between the beginning of July and the Ugh. end of December 1941 they create 50 armies that's almost as many I mean, divisions as the british have in the entire second world war i mean
0: that, that's that's i mean that's absolutely breathtaking isn't it yeah. and uh, uh, and it just shows i mean and and you know by the end of the by the end of this um you know uh, b- battle the 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 russians lose something like 500 600,000 men killed wounded missing captured I mean, it, the the, 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 you know, the butcher's bill, the killed, the killed in action, um, uh, is bigger than uh, missing in action. Is big, is bigger than um, Eighth Army. Well, it's, it's
1: four million. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by then, by this time, they've they've lost, um, you know, they they've lost four million troops, fifteen million square kilometers, seventy-seven million people, half of the economic base and a third of the agriculture base. Yeah, so I mean, you know, these, these are huge numbers that have just been lost in the in the in, just in the Red Army alone. I mean, the rule of thumb on this is that you can get two divisions out of every million people in, in your population. Right. So on that reckoning, the the, the Germans estimate that the, the Red Army is capable of um, creating three hundred divisions. Right. Well, yeah, you know, they're not far wrong. Actually. They actually create something like yeah. four hundred, but. Um, yeah, so only hundred out.
0: I mean, there's slightly different, slightly different, um, you know, uh, recruiting levers available in the Soviet Union to the uh, Soviet government, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, indeed,
1: you know. uh, uh, absolutely. And, and,
0: and most slightly different motivating levers available to the Soviet, not dissimilar to the, the ones the German, the Germans have. But hmm. but but the, but but the point is, I mean, really, what we what we need to do though is we've got to go back, we've got to go back to June. 1941. Yes, really. I think, so. I think so. I think so. we have got to talk about Barbarossa because because Barbarossa, after all, is this is the this is to all intents and purposes. And you know, if you're a, if you're an intentionalist, from in the intentionalist school of of Hitler studies, this is the war Hitler's after, isn't it? Yes. This is the war he wants. It is his race. It is Rassenkrieg. It is his race war yep. against Judeo Bolshevism. It is his all chance to c- create Lebensraum. To, this is what it's a... all about. All about create a German empire and destroy the menace of uh, and and remove eradicate Jews from from the world and and their legacy and communism. Well, which is after all Jewish. Yes. In his worldview and all that.
1: Yeah. And And also and also end forever the problems that Germany has by being in its isolated position in the centre of Europe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, You know,
1: i.e. not being accessed. If If you can't access the world oceans. That's not going to happen for you. So, therefore, let's get your resources that you would get from having an overseas um, amphibious empire. Let's get them from the massive landmass, um, which stretches yeah. all the way to the sort of Urals and beyond. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and they're not and really interested in what's beyond the Urals. They're interested in up to the kind of Urals.
0: Yeah. And on top of this, there is uh, and, and, you know, it's a recurring theme in uh, throughout the Second World War is is no one really understanding their opponents at all. Having a having complete misapprehension of of their opponents. They very much, the Germans very much, the German view very much is that basically the Soviet Union is a house of cards. All they've got to do is kick the door in um, uh, and they will overthrow them because the Soviets have done very badly in Finland. Yep. Um, and the Germans have done. And very, they've had very, all these well.
1: purges where they've got rid of most of their. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've sort of decapitated the military. So well, you know. yes.
0: I mean, and Finland. Finland is, the com- Finland is the confirmation of that. Yes. You look at Finland. You go. You see, he's gutted his army. He's hollowed yeah. out the officer corps. So they're. So they're. They don't know what they're doing. They're incompetent. Their kit's crap. They can't even beat the Finns. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Right. And the Germans have looked at that and thought right. And then the Germans have also looked at how they've done, how they have done in Poland and in France. And after all, France. The 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 French army is supposedly the greatest army in in in, in, in Europe and the world,
1: and, and and it's and you know and, and France is is you know it's a major major global industrial power, what we would call in today's yeah. Poland a superpower, and the, yeah. and they've they've rolled it over in six weeks. So you know, the, yeah. from the German point of view, it's like how hard can it be? And of course, what yeah. they've not done is they've not appreciated um, the limitations geographically of of you know they've they've just fought Slavs, mention, you know. Yeah. You know it'll be a it'll be a cakewalk, um, and they haven't realised that the front that they're they're intending to attack is is ten times the size of the front on which they're attacking when they go into the, the Low Countries <laughs> and France in May 1940. And the, and the problem we have is is that the whole point about the way the German oper- German army operates is it moves moves with incredible speed, um, and, and high manoeuvrability. That's its USP. It's its ability Potsdam- to move move faster and quicker and outmanoeuvre the enemy but the problem Klotsen is nicht nicht Kleben, i believe is the
0: uh nicht klecken rather oh yes or, nicht or
1: yes exactly which is uh, which is a guderian line um that he uses when yeah. he's about to go over the yeah. over the canal beyond the mers um but but that's another right. word for it is baven's creek that's you know that yeah. is the kind of the the, the german way of war and the problem is, is uh, <coughs> the, the the very infrastructure that aided them in France, all the petrol stations, road network, and all the rest of it, yeah. um, which meant that when they were short of fuel, they could sort of put in their Panzer three and go, you know, fill her up, Jean Pierre. You, you can't you can't do that in Soviet Union because it doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. And and uh, what they start doing is they start dissipating their force. So they start off in this concentrated thrust, but as they get yeah. further into, you know, they sweep. The rest of Poland, they get into the Ukraine, that's all fine. But then suddenly they kind of start, you know, to, do we move up into the Baltic states? Do we kind of move south into the Ukraine and the and the Crimea? Do we go for Moscow? What do we do? And suddenly you're sort of starting, just starting to fan out. And of course, the problem is, yeah. is, is that the distances are so vast that they're having to use railway, which they would use in Europe anyway. Um, and, yeah. and the loading gauge in, in the Soviet Union is different to that in Europe. So they're having to replace the rail tracks as they're advancing. And, of course, yeah, you know yeah, that, yeah. that is not conducive to kind of uh, uh, um, huge speed. And, and the problem they've got is that, that the culmination point that they've reckoned is going to be 500 miles. And the culmination point, of course, is the point by which you can no longer operate in the way that you want to operate because your lines of communication are just too long. 500, 500 miles is, is absolutely... Way too much. I mean, they they, they yeah. they're wrong about that. Three hundred fifty yeah. is more like it. Two hundred fifty is more realistic. And yeah. although they have these sweeping victories, I mean, unbelievable victories, you know, where they're capturing millions of troops, well, in very quick well, order, yeah. that actually works against them because suddenly they've got to manage all these troops and all these prisoners, which is sort of clogging up. And of course, when you're when you're encircling entire armies, you're not completely encircling them. And destroying them, there's still remnants who are there, hanging behind to kind of then harry your your own yeah. lines, your lines of communication, and be a pain in the ass, which is what Stalin orders them to do. Uh, and very quickly, Stalin, although he's been a, a bit this very weird, rare moment where he's like a rabbit caught in headlights. Yeah. He quickly recovers and orders all the removal of industry to to the Urals, which is 400 miles further east from Moscow, and that is done with spectacular efficiency i mean it's yeah. just incredible how quickly that happens and but, so enough there is nothing nothing other than complete and total victory will do and it's not but, a complete but, and total victory but part of what's happening but the first phase
0: of um uh, barbarossa part of what's happening is the germans the germans are uh, worldview is being proved right isn't it yes they sold the, the, the red army is inferior it is badly led. Yep. It um, quite clearly, the Soviet Union is about to collapse in on itself because, after all, it's corrupt and Judeo-Bolshevik and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and, and it's and, self-evident. And it's self-evident exactly. And so they believe their own. They basically believe their own hype, and their, ideologic, their ideological justification for the war is being proved right by the events of June and July, um, not 1941. And the Germans are giddy on this success. And don't have the nows to go, actually, you know what? Three months into this, what we need to do is stop, tidy our lines up, get our breath back and wait for winter to pass. And once winter's passed, we will we can start again in the spring or whatever. That would have been much more sensible, which would have been much, much more sensible. But of course, Hitler, and I think very often, I mean, the. It is easy to say, oh, Hitler, Hitler, Hitler falls into, the, into this trap of believing his own hype. And the it, circumstances, circumstances d- drive him into making all sorts of terrible decisions and everything. But he's also surrounded by people who believe this to be the case, isn't he? And the, well, the, the, yes, except that,
1: you know, you read Halder's diary. And Franz Halder is the uh, uh, chief of staff of the German army. He paints quite a quite different picture. And, and, and what's really clear is that from the middle of July onwards, yeah, Hitler yeah. starts to meddle. And starts yeah. tinkering and changing his orders, and the big problem is, 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 he goes in the middle of July, he goes right, forget, forget Moscow. Luftwaffe could do deal with with, yeah. with, with Moscow, yeah. and there is absolutely yeah. no previous experience to suggest that the Luftwaffe is in any shape or form capable of destroying Moscow. Um, you yeah, know, yeah, because in eight months or nine months of the Blitz or something, they didn't destroy Britain. So why are they going to do that against Moscow? You know, or London, for example. So, so there's, there's nothing to suggest they can do that. The second thing is, is that they then. He then spears them off towards Leningrad in the north and and down south towards the, the uh, Ukraine and the differences between those groups those those two fronts is absolutely huge and the only way yeah. you can move your your Panzer groups from the centre to the south and to the to the north is by railway and that in itself takes just a huge amount of time time that they frankly don't have which is yeah. why and, and then. Then he decides he actually doesn't want the Luftwaffe to attack Moscow, so they don't. And then he decides that actually, after all, they are going to go for Moscow. So then, then it all gets moved back again. And, and by that time, you know, Operation Typhoon, whenever it launched on the 30th of September, you know, it's kind of, you, you know, you're you're already getting into uh, um, the Rasputitsa, which is the mud yeah. season. So it's incredibly yeah, so, hot in so, summer, so, very muddy in the winter, and then the, then the snow replaces that.
0: Well, so well, so there's ba- but there's basically a short period when the when the mud is frozen hard and you can you could drive on it um right. b- b- before before you pitch into proper winter yeah yeah it is literally
1: a two week gap
0: yeah yeah and the thing is i mean cuz and the thing about the thing about continental weather deep continental weather like this is it's much more predictable than you know we live in we live in a you know the reason the reason we have lots to talk... Oh, it's an old Publano routine. This the reason we have lots to talk about this country because the weather's different every day because we live on an island <laughs> on the Atlantic. That's why it's the English true. language is the, it's the, it's the most expressive language in the world because we have endlessly changing weather. Whereas if you live... The joke always used to be if you live somewhere like Spain, there's literally nothing to talk about because it's nice all the time. Well, anyway, there's that, that Farsho gag, isn't it? It's good, Exactly, exactly. But, in, but in, in the Soviet Union, in Russia, rather, and Russia before, it was the Soviet Union, Russia since the weather is that mu- the climate is that much yeah. more predictable so you do have this window of hard mud before the the proper snows come but but the temperatures are dropping the whole time aren't they and yeah. you,
1: you, know, you the, the uh, window is the first two weeks of November. so yeah. so so mud is second half of september and october and that's when it's yeah. when it's mud and rain then it then it freezes at the beginning of november and then the snow yeah. comes uh, yeah. and, and you know that that is absolutely predictable and the problem is this they haven't, they have got, you know, by, you know, they're within spitting distance, aren't they? The end of, by the middle of October, they're kind of up 120, 30 kilometres away from Moscow. Um, yep. But, but, uh, and that is obviously very, very close. But the big problem they've got is they've got, you know, they've got 2,000 different vehicles for, for Barbarossa. Yep. And the wheels yep. literally are starting to come off. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know. I've I got this guy, Gunter Sack. That yes, I,
0: com- culmination points aside. You, you know an army with standardized kit would be having problems right now
1: yeah but they don't have standardized kit and they don't uh, you know gunter sackers is diary that i've got and you know he's in a in a light anti aircraft unit and you know first of all it, you know he loses a wheel on his truck then he then he loses gets a puncture on the trailer that has the has the that has the gun then they have then, then eventually the engine seizes and all this is yeah. by the end of before the end of july yeah. And, and, you know, you exacerbate this. So by the beginning of December, they've only got 30% of the vehicles that they had when they started on the 22nd of June. And it's yeah. snowing. Um, and, and on top of that, you know, the Germans in this time, despite their sweeping victories, despite the millions of men they captured, and, you know, they have lost 162,314 dead, yeah. 363,082 wounded, and 31,191 yeah. missing, which, you know, is about 780,000 men. And that is absolutely the cream... Of Germany in terms of their young yeah. men, and yeah. they've already run out of manpower. They're already running short. Well, then of it, manpower. but it, but it also
0: shows that you know, for all of Blitzkrieg's sort of dazzle and dash and everything, it's really costly. You're not, you, you know, it, it, you're not, you're not doing that without really paying, paying the butcher, are you? You know, that that it, it, it's all, uh, you know, even even the battle for France is costly. You and how blitzkrieg works is you push on when you're taking losses. You push on, you push on, you push on, you push on. And so yeah, I mean it's you 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 have these two battles at Vyazmy and Bryansk and then and then the Soviets go kind of into absolute oh shit mode, don't they? And start digging enormous enormous um uh uh tank traps and the, civ- the civilian unrest, which yep. is the other interesting thing. Not that not that you'd ever know that from the photographs, you know, the propaganda pictures. You know, um the civilian unrest, there's um there's Stalin having his wobble.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's the so- Soviet equi- equivalent of the British flap in in the summer of yeah. 1942. You know, they start burning yeah. documents and stuff, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but but the interesting thing is how quickly they recover from that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ah, it's a dramatic moment for sure, um, uh, and that that, that 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 the Soviets get through this is down to the fact that they have actually gigantic reserves at their disposal.
1: Well, these 50 armies that are being, you know, 11 between the beginning, 11 (laughs) 11 armies. And also all those crack troops coming from the Far East. That's that's the key thing.
0: So you've got doughty Soviet civilians digging great big tank ditches. Yes. But actually there are public order problems. Um, Who knows what anyone who who lives in the Kremlin's thinking, what Molotov's thinking? Who knows what those people are thinking? And we'll we'll never know. But, um, but, uh, you know, because after all, Molotov... Only only the year before was, was in Berlin, you know, hanging out with Ribbentrop, wasn't he? So it's, yeah. y- y- you know, the, the, they might be thinking, actually, the thing to do, we're on our arse here, the thing to do is, is sue for peace somehow. Um, yeah. Although with them actually on the doorstep at, at Moscow, that you're much more in a sort of conquest situation rather than a sue, sue for peace moment. I mean, so you have this this big offensive around Vyazma and Biansk that, that like gets them right on the doorstep of, yep. of of Moscow, so by the end of October they are right on the doorstep. Yes, I mean within forty
1: kilometers of forty-one kilometer forty-one. This is yeah. this is this is this is the moment. But but, however close it may look geographically, it is actually still a massive step ahead. And, yeah. and the crisis is, happens in that in the middle of October, and then by the third week of October, that you know, in Moscow they've they've kind of sort of okay, fine. They've kind of sort of they they've calmed down again. They've already been planning this counterattack. Yeah. So the counterattack is already in the offing, but they've been thrown by this kind of sort of surge forward by yeah. the germans towards Moscow. Yeah. But but just a, just to launch Operation Typhoon has also required withdrawing those panzer groups, these key panzer groups from the north from Leningrad yeah. and also from the southern front in in Ukraine as well, which has also taken time. So and has also taken wear as well. More yeah. importantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that. And and also, you've got the Rasputitsa, which is the the mud season. And and that is already kicking in in November. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, in October, rather. I'll
0: tell you what. Let's take a break um, while the mud thaws. And we'll be back (laughs) in a second (laughs) to talk about um, uh, the Moscow Offensive. And December 1941 continues in a second. Cheerio. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk uh, with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. And we are talking, well, it's our December week, December 1941 week. The most important, we're going to brand it the most important week of the war. Let's top Trump it. Most important week of the war. Let's do that.
1: Yeah. it's the most important week of World War Two.
0: The Second World War. Adolf Hitler is on the brink of conquering <laughs> Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler Adolf. is on the brink of conquering the Soviet Union. The Nazi war machine
1: <laughs> is on the gates of Moscow.
0: Exactly, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right. Um. So, uh, kilometer forty-one, the mud season. So, there basically is a there is the a
1: Rasputitsa. Yeah.
0: The Rasputitsa. There is a period when the mud's hard, isn't there? In, hmm. in, in the in the Soviet we- weather cycle, si- in the Russian weather cycle. Um, it, it was the Russian weather cycle long before the Soviet Union and it will be the Russians, you know, whatever. Yes. And, and one of the interesting things um, is that the weather's predicted much more predictable than it is here because yes. it's continental. It's more, it's, I mean, it's not 100% predictable, but it's much more regular than say an English spring. You know what you're going to, you know roughly what you're going to get and when, or an English yeah. autumn. And there is a period where the mud's hard and then there's a period where the mud thaws uh, or, or the mud with the mud sets, isn't there basically
1: yes before the so snow... f- so first of all but, Sorry, so, there's <laughs> a period yeah, the way around. This, so, yeah. so it's incredibly hot in the summer then suddenly yeah. it starts to rain in, septu- in yeah. sort of middle of september and uh, uh, to october and that's the Rasputitsa. that yeah. that's the mud season that's where everything suddenly all that dust yeah. that's been churned yeah. up suddenly turns turn, turns to mud then there is a the big freeze which happens in sort of you know by the middle of middle of November yep. it's starting yep. to snow and it's starting to freeze and by the by the last week of November temperatures have fallen and it's frozen yeah and, and that's when Fritz Todd arrives and he is the armaments minister and he is given a tour of the front and he is absolutely appalled by what he sees yeah because tank turrets can't move yeah um oil is jamming um tanks just can't move at all it's it's sort of minus 15 yeah um and it's only going to get worse and yeah. um, Fritz Todt has a very, very frank relationship with Hitler. He's one of the few people who can actually tell him um, what he wants to um, uh, what he wants to wants to say. Um, and he says to Hitler, "We we can't win. Yeah, y- you've lost the war already." And Hitler says, "Well, what do you what what should I do about it?" And yeah. he says, sue for peace." Yeah, you know, and, and arguably that's his death warrant because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By February, beginning of February, yes, nineteen. He's not around, it's mu- not around Christmas much stuff. longer,
0: is he? He's and, not much and, longer, you know. But, where it does he one of those mysterious plane crashes?
1: But yeah. but the temperature <laughs> is only going to get worse, and as I have said many times, the winters in the Second World oh, War. Come on! Were very very bad, and it actually goes by by the fifth of by the fifth of um, December, nineteen forty-one. The temperatures dropped to minus twenty-nine. Yeah, and that's when which Guder- is you know that's when your mucus is starting to freeze, yeah. and that's when Guderian stops. And that's when Guderian stops. And I think it's really, really interesting to to, to look at the statistics. So only so, so they start Barbarossa with two thousand different types of vehicle, mm. different types of vehicle. Yeah. Each require different gaskets. Yeah. You know distributor caps. You know, etc. And other
0: mechanical gizmos beyond my realm of understanding. Yes. Right. Spark uh, plugs. And,
1: and and they're all starting <laughs> to go wrong. Yeah. Um. Only about a third of their vehicles are working by the end of November. Yep. Before the freeze. Yeah. So so forget the freeze bit of side of things. They've already lost two thirds of their vehicles just through wear and tear. And, yeah, yeah. You know, overstretching their culmination point. Since the twenty second of June, the Germans have lost one hundred sixty two thousand three hundred fourteen dead. Yep. Five hundred sixty three thousand and eighty two wounded, and thirty one thousand one hundred ninety one missing. Uh, what's that 670,000 680,000 casualties yeah and that is the cream of their forces yeah you know the, the, they are irreplaceable losses that they cannot go. you know that is your prime you know 20 to 28 yeah. year olds yeah they've gone yeah. basically um a, and in that time you know there are these 50 new armies um, but there are also these 27 divisions from the um from the far east that have been well, moved across and they're, and they're the really good ones. And they can
0: move across because of uh, Richard Sorge, isn't it? Basically, who's in, yep. who's in, who's in Tokyo, yep. and uh, who knows what? Who, who knows what the Japanese government's intentions are? And yep. he's reporting back to Stalin and saying, Japanese aren't interested in attacking you in the Far East. They're, you, you uh, on your, on your, you know, the uh, the other because after all, the Soviet Union pretty much spans half the globe. It's like don't worry, don't worry about it. You're clear. So Stalin is able yeah. basically to 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 bri- stick on all the stick on the Trans-Siberian Express those yeah. armies and bring
1: them back um, to, yeah. to, to 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 his western so are, front. Yeah. So so there are these twenty-seven divisions I mean, who are experienced, really good, know what they're about, well-equipped, and and they are the they're the, yeah. they're the equivalent of the seventeen Panzer divisions. Yeah. But obviously, there's twenty-seven of them, not seventeen. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, and there's also the creation of the of, of the first of the shock armies. Shock armies become kind of quite a feature. There's guards yeah. armies and then yeah. the shock armies. Yeah. The shock armies are originally um, a concept that's that's that comes to the fore is part of the kind of early deep battle plans by Marshal Tukhachevsky, who's purged yeah. later on and um, yeah. executed. But he's a military genius, and he comes up with the idea of the shock army, which again is a, is your kind of strike force. This is your kind of this is your 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 battering yeah. ram. And by 19, late 1941. The concept of the of the shock army is is still there, but it's it's kind of it's it's taken on a new meaning, which is yes, it is the battering ram, but it is also the one where unprecedented casualties are expected to be taken in the pursuit of this attack, uh, and and they're also um, the ones that have the most. Uh, I mean, um mean, that's um, a very um, bats, which are the punishment. That's a very good times. point,
0: actually, because because I think one of the things to remember, um, even about even about you know blitzkrieg. Um, which is, after all, the thing everyone's got their eye on and trying to—they're trying to ape, um, aren't they? If we, you know, yes. and obviously they've been, into in war years, the Soviets have had all these discussions about deep battle and all that sort of stuff and how you—but yeah. but it's been kind of theoretical, really. And then the Germans have gone and done it in in 1940 with 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 so-called Blitzkrieg. One of the things to remember about that is that you keep on going despite the casualties, and the Germans don't. Although they win in France quickly, they don't do that do that particularly cheaply in terms of casualties and, and actually for this sort of style of hard punch battle to work you have to be pre- prepared to take casualties and i know the soviets are characterized as having this sort of you know um who cares attitude to to the butcher's bill but the germans only succeed in france because actually they don't they don't care particularly you know the the, the cost of the, the cost of wehrmacht in 1940s is, is is high. They're prepared to take yeah, so
1: about fifty thousand
0: casualties. They suffered. Yeah, they're, they, prepa- in the, in, and they're yeah, were well, killed, isn't it? And 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 then wounded. They're, they're prepared to basically they're prepared to lose people, and that's what you know. In a way, in a way that the Allies kind of pff, first bit of the war really aren't, and and then later yeah. on in the war really aren't because they're not totalitarian states. No, they, they, they answer to their populations lots all that sort of stuff. So the Soviets, the so- I think it, I think it's always worth because people tend to say, oh, the Soviets you know have this profligate attitude to their own manpower so do the germans actually um
1: uh, well uh, by by those by those 680,000 or, or whatever there you no, go, Exactly. 700 well, exactly go. exactly goes so there you go so there's the point there's the point made and i think
0: i think you've got to remember that because it's so often certainly the you know you know film like enemy at the gates reinforces that idea that the soviets have got one rifle between three men and they run into the breach and then when the bloke with a rifle drops dead you pick up the rifle and you know all that Kind of yeah. uh, propagandized, idealized idea of what the, of what, and dreadful idea of what it's like being a Soviet soldier, but it's shit being a Russian, a German soldier too, in the yeah. I, I, in this situation
1: well you you by the beginning of december 1941 you're going to feel like an awfully long way from home you know yeah. it's snowing it's miserable and you, you know you look at these photo albums i mean i've got these old photo albums that i i bought some years ago and, yeah. and you know you see them they're all smiling as they're on a train going across the, the steppe you know in yeah. southern you know in the summer of 1941 and then there's pictures of them in the mud and sort of yeah. you know looking pointedly at at a broken down truck and then you see the snow come down and then you see blizzards yeah. and, and and you know there's these Horses sort of trudging with kind of bowed heads into this absolute kind of sort of whiteout, and, and it brings yeah. it home to you just, just how completely awful it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, the interesting thing also is you know, part of the kind of mythology of, of, of the counterattack at, at Moscow is that, yeah, I know you know, we got to let them get to Moscow, but you know, this was all part of the plan to kind of let oh, them no. wear themselves out and then, then, then counterattack, but you know, you have to sort of. You know, having said what the the German losses were, I mean Soviet losses are four million troops, fifteen million oh, square yeah. kilometres, seventy-seven million people now under Nazi rule. Yeah. Um half their economic base is gone and a third of their agricultural base is gone. Yeah. yeah. You know, so if you're kind of, you know, yes, that that's was not, all the plan that's all not along. Sucker,
0: <laughs> that, that's quite the sucker punch, isn't it? I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean the thing the thing is though, the thing is though, um what you've also got in the midst of all this is a complete and I and I think this is a this is a theme that runs through the entire second world war is a total misapprehension by the two sides of each other so that the, the, the yes you know that the 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 uh Germans really don't know anything much about the Soviet Union and how it might respond and uh and certainly the people in charge aren't thinking uh, 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 have a proper misapprehension of what what what, you know, Stalin has at his disposal, for instance. So there's divisions in the Far East. It's just not, it, it, from Siberia, it's just not, they've, they've not weighed that up properly. They've also, they also don't appreciate that the grip, the grip that Stalin's government has on the Soviet Union, I think. I mean, and, and we touched on this before in um in the podcast, is that, um you know, Stalin's had his revolution. The Russian revolution has happened. The industrialization of Russia and the, and the militarization of, you know, uh, uh, or the political co-option of the army and all that—that that is a, com- a pl- yeah. process that is complete by the time the Second World War starts. Whereas in Germany, it's a process that's not, not nowhere near complete. You know, if you look at the, if you look at the SS, if the SS is supposed to be like a a Nazi state army or a Nazi state security body or both or whatever it is, the SS is by no means dominant at this stage. It's by no means the only model. You know. F- only part of the German war effort, that the Germans don't have com- complete control of their industry in the way that that the Soviets do. You know, the Soviets. You, you can't. I can't imagine the Nazi state being able to, you know, move the Ruhr the way that the Soviets move their industry behind the Urals. It's just because the revolution. Is, the revolution has given given Stalin the ability to fight this war. In the same way, I think in the end it's the reason that. The, the Nazis because because their revolution is always sort of jammed tomorrow and a, a lot of talk of after the war we'll do this and after the war once we've <clears> fought the war think you know things will, we'll finish off what we're trying to yeah. do and they're using yeah, yeah. and also they're using the war as their propellant for the revolution you know Stalin's done it all it's 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 in place the Marxist Leninist yeah. revolution Soviet revolution so and that's why he's able to you know sustain. This and I I, and it's not it's not that it's the Soviets falling back to trap the Germans. It's that that's absurd. But that's how he's able to sustain these losses you just mentioned. You know that, that, that they're yep. able to soak it up. I mean, it's the most yep. it's the most extraordinary. I mean, it, of, of, as comebacks go, <laughs> you know. Well, there's...
1: yeah. I, I mean, I think what he, what is is absolutely the case is is that they do plan to attack. Yeah when when the temperatures go down another notch i mean yeah. so it is all you know that, that is anticipated to be end of uh, very very beginning of december uh, yeah. and they also do plan to attack once they've amassed you know sufficient troops and you yeah. know it is very very impressive you know they've got you know zukov has been brought into you know from from the far east to yeah. kind of t- t- take control you know he's got 1.25 million men <laughs> he 's got 7600 artillery pieces and nearly a thousand tanks including you know a whole load of Matildas and Valentine's of course yeah uh, of which make up 30 percent of his best his tank force best tank but also
0: yeah yeah
1: best tank ever um, but, but also um um you know this is when the t34s are starting to really really come in yeah as well and the big difference is is all that stuff is working yeah uh, and on the sixth so, so they launched in the early dawn of the fifth of December, yeah, that is when the attack launched, and that is on the southern wedge, on on what is the Soviet kind of western and, front. And,
0: and to to remind people, that's the day Guderian decides we're finished. We've got to stop. So that yeah. so the, the, the there's the there's the you know that that as as firm an illustration of of the you know the initiative being passed on is December being handed over is December. Yeah, 5th. he's
1: got. Uh, he's what what is he? Um, I can't remember. He's the third. Is he the second Panzer Group? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's he's second Panzer group. Yeah, is his his, um, is but, is his force, which is basically a sort of Panzer Panzer collection of Panzer corps. Yeah,
0: yeah. An and he decides to stop the day they decide to attack, which I think yes. is, is a graphic
1: illustration of
0: the you know the the, the initiative in the battle.
1: Uh, and then, then the following day they strike up in the northern wedge, on the sixth of December. So this yep. day, eighty years ago, uh, and. On that day, temperatures dropped to minus 35. And they've got the right uniforms on. They've got the right kit. Their T-34s are working. Everything's functioning. And the Germans are just, you know, they have something like nearly 500 frostbite cases that day alone.
0: Can we investigate very, very quickly? Can we investigate one of the sort of... um, Is the reason that this is all happening in December when the temperatures have dropped? Because... The Germans got distracted and went into the Balkans, and it delayed um, uh, Barbarossa, Barbarossa by, by, a month. by a month. Is that because yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people, they run that straight up. They go, Well, you know, if they're not going to the Balkans, and after all, they go to the Balkans because why do they go to the Balkans, Jim? Because the British are in the Balkans, and uh, yes, <laughs> therefore. We win,
1: Barbarossa, <laughs> <laughs> and we provide crucial tanks outside. And the we world
0: provide world world. the best tank of the Second World War, the Matilda. II. No, I mean, <laughs> if you, you know, if that's if that's the tune you want to play on your on your history fiddle, you can you can almost get the not yeah, we can we can we can but, give it
1: a Russian but, slant, can't but, but, we? We but, <laughs> can we can have a Russian approach to our but, own but, history. But the, but, the,
0: but the truth, but the, but the, but I mean, there's an element of that. But the Germans aren't prepared for the winter because the Germans think they're going to win. Um in the summer. they 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 they're, 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 yes, they're not...
1: it's, it's supposed to be three months max.
0: Exactly. They're not fighting the war the battles that they that they planned for. And the reason the Soviets have the winter kit is because of Finland. It's because they learn in Finland that their guys are poorly equipped for winter combat. So for all the like you know, and the Russians to get to get an ignominious kicking in Finland. It's, it's, uh,
1: Sometimes you can learn more from defeat than victory. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Finns and the British in Greece that. Saved I want the to see, but, but what
1: I really want to see out of this anniversary is Putin going on television and announcing that Moscow was saved by the Matilda,
0: <laughs> the Matilda, oh. two,
1: the most important tank of the Second World War.
0: I, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, uh, I, just, I picked a hill and I'm going to die on it. Uh, but, but the, yeah. So well, it's interesting though because this is the Soviets. This is the Soviets' preferred means of. Um, of uh, you know they do this at Stalingrad as well, don't they? Famously, they do. They, they, they they attack either side of where the Germans are, uh, uh, you know, invested or where the main German effort is, and then they encircle it and they and they destroy it. And um, you know, it's all pretty. It's all pretty, not straightforward, isn't it? What they're trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they, and they, i'm sorry i'm just amused by our attempt to, to, to bend it into it like <laughs> but 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 there is a there, there are german soldiers so there's kilometer 41 so let's just just quickly touch on actually how close they get
1: yeah there there, there is um there is a bmw you know rm 75 that gets gets within the city limits yeah um, guess there are a railway
0: railway station or something doesn't he
1: yeah, yeah, something like that, and then and then turns around and goes goes back again. But but basically, it's kilometer forty one. So that's 30, 28 miles, isn't it? Something like that. <laughs> you know, so so it's, it's it's pretty close. You know, and and twenty eight miles obviously is a pinprick when you're talking about the scale of of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So they do get really really close, but equally, it it passes very quickly because the the Germans are just totally incapable of confronting this huge surge of yeah you know, obliterating typhoon of men, yeah. guns, shells, tanks, yeah. all hurtling towards them in the kind of sort of freezing temperatures. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's just... The Germans, you know, their USP is their speed of manoeuvrability, yeah. you know, and, and their speed of operations and their snap decision-making and all those sort of things. Uh, and the moment they sort of grind to a halt, they're not quite so special after all. And then you add into the mix... Hitler, who has already been meddling and meddling and meddling, and, yeah. and so therefore reducing German commanders' ability to make sensible decisions on the ground. Yeah, you know that is like putting a you know tying their legs together. And then, in response to this crisis at Moscow, only exacerbates the situation by sacking Guderian, who is you know the one of the best, if not the best, kind of aggressive Panzer commanders that he's got. Yeah and a whole host of others, uh, and including sacking von Brauchitsch, um, and making himself commander-in-chief of the army. You I see, mean, it is, you know, if, if you really, really want to give the kind of the Red Army another chance, that's the way to do it. But such is his hubris, such is his own belief in his military genius, when actually the one of the prime reasons why they haven't got to Moscow is entirely down to his own meddling. Yeah. You know, yeah mucking about in the Mediterranean, uh, um, meddling with decisions, not having a, you know not having a clear-cut um, plan. And, and the one thing about Hitler is is Hitler does prevaricate. He does change his mind. yeah um, he does get anxious about things uh, and uh, and a total lack of appreciation of the scale and what that means for your effectiveness. Yeah. And so therefore what you're doing is you're not rec- you're, you're not appreciating what it is that your army does best which is move fast. Because what you're doing is you're hampering their ability yeah. to move fast. I mean he's And so when you get to the Rasputitsa and when you get to the when the temperatures then start to drop again your ability to operate is just just completely nullified. Yeah. And and it's it's hopeless and 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 what's interesting when you look at memoirs and diaries of guys in the German army who are in the at, at the Moscow Front at the beginning of December nineteen forty one, they all yeah. go, "It's Napoleon all over again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know that th- th- that is not kind of said with knowing hindsight. They all know that they've th- they've cocked up big time. Yeah, a- a- and as we said right at the very beginning, nothing other than complete annihilation of the Red Army will suffice. Yeah. You know, a-, a victory that is that that t- captures four million, you know, destroys four million men is not a victory. It yeah. is. It is. It is a partial victory.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what, well. What it is is. Is um. You're only halfway. Losing, losing halfway the war. to Yeah, exactly. Halfway to losing the war. Yeah, precisely. I mean, it's. It is. It, it, it is interesting. This well, because ninety
1: percent. Well, of war, yeah. Well, of course. Of
0: yeah. I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean. In, in many ways. Uh, just as. I mean. You know. It's May. It, it's made It's the halt order, isn't it? May twenty fifth. And December the fifth. May twenty fifth, nineteen forty. December the 5th 1941 that's basically it
1: isn't it is that yeah, and, it, and it's you know it's, it's well I think it's I think it's the splitting up of the panzer groups yeah. um in in july i think is is probably the most you know that that that's up there with the halt order. When it, yeah, dilutes his concentration of force, basically. Yeah, because suddenly, you know, what you see by the you know by the end of November nineteen forty one, the whole German effort in the Soviet Union has started to fragment. It, yeah. it is just completely consumed by the vast distances, yeah. by the logistical problems, by the fact that it's gone well beyond its culmination point. It just it just simply can't cope, and that's why you can't. And you know, you have to remember that kind of a few days later, you, you know, suddenly Germany's got, you know. Some a, a much bigger enemy as well to deal with. Well, this is the other thing, isn't it? Because um,
0: this is the point no. of December December 41 week is, you know, you talk about December the 5th when Guderian stops the Soviets' counterattack. Two days later, you've got D- Japan entering the war and are, are Japan looking at this and going, well, you know, the Germans have got to Moscow. You know, uh, uh, maybe time for us to Looks looks like it's all over in the West because because the Japanese are looking surely looking at the Soviets hanging on and thinking the longer the Soviets hang on the look that keeps Britain in the war. Yeah. But if the Soviet they're thinking Germans have got to Moscow And again, you know, uh, uh, everyone's got a profound misapprehension of each other. Even the people who are on the same side don't know anything about each other. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, the the Japanese are are, are looking at looking at this and thinking, right, well, Soviet Union, they're out for the count any second. That means Britain, um, Britain uh, will be able to, you know, Britain's going to have to sort out what it's doing about Germany. It's really got, you know, it can't concentrate on the Far East. And so they decide, you know, they because the, because after all, Pearl Harbor isn't the only thing that the Japanese get cracking on in December of 1941, is it? You know, it's a it's a it's the whole theatre that they uh, that they crank up, um, engage with. So and that must be because they're thinking, well, you know, some bloke on his motorcycle got into Moscow the other day. You know, it's, pff, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> all down to that one man.
1: <laughs> I mean. The, the hinge of fate. Uh,
0: the thing is, is I think the thing, I think the thing to, the thing to come back to is, uh, uh, you know, we sort of started with this, is the sheer numbers, the sheer scale of this, that, you know, is why, you know, when we talked to, um, it was Phillips, Pace No O'Brien, he said, you've got to think about a big war and you've got to think about, you know, the, the Western Allied air uh, naval effort is so gigantic and that's the thing that, You can see why people look at the the, the Soviet theatre and go, nah, that's where the war was fought and won. You can see that. When you've got armies in their millions being mustered, you know, I mean, how big does the British army ever get in the Second World War? 54 divisions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's enough uh, of this episode. Um, We'll be back tomorrow with more December 1941, the most important month in the World War II.